Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoy today's message. This time of question and answer. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, this is uh, my opportunity to answer uh, questions, so feel free to ask. That notebook is scary, though. One of, I wanted to thank you, though, for your shorts. Um, if you all get a chance on YouTube, <laughs> he has these shorts that are just from all the countries, the information from everybody who affects Israel, you've given a bit of news from everywhere, and so I've really appreciated that. But one Thank of the you. things that I'm very unclear of is are there still American hostages? Here, I never hear a thing on the news. Are there still American hostages uh, in Israel? Yeah, in, in, in Gaza. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what what is the correct uh, number, but of course there were that they were released, which only, you know, gives you perspective that Hamas is also the enemy of, of, of America, that it kidnapped uh, U.S. nationals. I, to my knowledge, I think that there are, there, there, there is at least one or two, to, to my knowledge, that, that are, are still there, there among the 130-something uh, hostages, 136. Um, to my knowledge, I might be wrong, though, but the fact is that they did kidnap U.S. nationals that were there. Yes. Last night, the American government issued a statement that the occupation by Israel of the West Bank is illegal. I had not heard that before, and I wondered if um, you'd have a comment or if you said. Wow, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, I didn't hear this, this uh, statement, so that's the first time I, I hear it. But, you know, we know that the Ju Judea and Samaria is this strip of land that also known as the West Bank because it's west of Jordan. And it's the heartland of Israel. So to take that is to take, to, uh, take the heart of, of Israel. My, my answer, and I believe the answer of the Israelis, is that no matter who says that it is under occupation, um, it does not change the historical facts. And it's not the first time that people have been trying to erase Jewish history in, in, in the land. You have, we have seen UN resolutions that doubt the Jewish connection to the land of Israel, Let, let's, let's put the cards on the table. It's people that try to erase Jewish history in the land of Israel. Um, but history speaks louder than their lies. You know, wherever you put a shovel in the land of Israel, you will find a lot of history, most certainly not a Palestinian one. Uh, so, yeah, also they, they use some maps to show the 
uh, how Palestinian land have shrunk since the reestablishment of Israel, they, they're very good in twisting lies, uh, in twisting facts and creating lies that mislead a lot of people. Because actually, if you look at this from the right angle, for the first time, because of Israel, with the Oslo Accords, if you want to look into that, for the first time, Palestinians were able to govern themselves by themselves, and it was given to them by Israel. Israel helped create their own government, the Palestinian Authority. They wanted to govern themselves. They elect their own leaders. So it is thanks to Israel that they now actually govern the, the, themselves. And um, yeah, so they like to say free Palestine from the river to the sea, uh, which is a genocidal chant. Sounds very beautiful, free. Americans love freedom. But it's actually calling to genocide on Jews from the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. That's where we are. So, yeah, the, the, the fact is that this land is right now under Palestinian occupation, not Israeli occupation. You, you have back in the day, there were four capitals um, for the kingdoms of, of Israel and Judah. And some of them are um, Hebron. And if I'm not wrong, also Nablus. The fact is that Hebron used to be a Jewish city. Now Jews don't live there anymore. Uh, Nablus also used to be a Jewish place. We Jews don't live there anymore. Bethlehem used to be filled with Christians. Christians have been expelled, uh, driven out of the city. So talk, coming back to this religious war against all of us, basically. Thank you for uh, joining us. Um, I need to give a little bit of a background before I ask my question. Um, I am currently practicing out of what I would say is the toolbox of Eastern Orthodoxy, particularly out of the Church of Antioch, which you may be familiar with. Um, they actually, the organization is that comes out of Damascus now, not Antioch anymore, but it's still that church where Peter and Paul were at. Of course, they're Syrian and Lebanese. My, my godfather, when I got chrismated, said he is Syrian, born and raised. He said, I love Israelis, but that's not the general content <laughs> of the people that are here. We have a ninth-generation Palestinian priest who is rapidly anti-Israel. <laughs> and um, one of the things that they're putting out there is the, the works of an uh, Israeli historian, they're calling him, Ilan Pape. And I was wondering if you were familiar with him and if you could... If you are, if you could explain some of his work or his position or place in Israeli. In the the work of who? Ilan Pape. I'm, I'm not familiar with him, but, but I, I can tell you this. There are, there are a lot of people that try to lead without, uh, without any sort of authority with, uh, w within the, the Israeli government. Or I don't know if, if that's something that, that you mean. Like, he's an anti-Israel voice, you said? Uh, he's an Israeli, uh, an Israeli historian, but he's written a couple of books about all these different kinds of massacres and how people were, um, the entire villages were wiped out and things like that. And uh, I um, see. That's, that, that, that's very interesting. It, but it, it actually, um, it's, it's funny that, that you're mentioning this because the, what the Palestinians are saying now, or actually the pro-Hamas supporters and the anti-Semites, they're saying that it's because of Israel that now you see October 7. They're saying it's, it's, it's your fault that it happened because you occupied this land. And if you didn't occupy the land, we would see peace. But you reminded me of, of, of that because actually before the reestablishment of Israel, 
We saw massacres on, on Jews. The 1929 Hebron massacre of Jews living in, in Israel, uh, in, in the land. And they did just, just what uh, Hamas did on October 7. They raided homes of, of Jews. Some, some of the neighbors actually told were like, here you can find a Jew, over there you can find a Jew. And so it really shows you that hist history is the greatest testament to show that they have a problem with Jews. It's not Israel. It's not um, the reestablishment of Israel. That's just an, ex an, uh, an excuse to, to push anti-Semitism and to be against Israel. But they, they have a problem with the Jews. Israel is just a card that they use it against us. Um, you see throughout history that they had massacred Jews before the reestablishment of Israel. Say Ilan Pape, yeah, he's a favorite of like a lot of the anti-Israeli left, etc. But another thing he is a big proponent of to like a lot of controversy is the Khazarian myth, like the idea that ethnic Jews are just descended from uh, like people in the Caucasus, the, ca the Caucasus and stuff like that who converted, and it's like a way to devalue the Jewish connection to the land and make it sound like, you know, we're not the, we're not descended from the Judeans and the Israelites and everything. Uh, so he's like an activist, an Israeli activist against Israel using history. That's, that, that, that's what you were talking about? Ah, I see, I see. I'm, I'm not familiar with, uh, with, with his work. I'd, I'd love to read. I actually spent quite, quite a good chunk of my time reading uh, anti-Israel material, because I do want to see what kind of uh, lies they're putting out there. But, but, but you know, it's very easy to, we, we are seeing it even now, that they're taking pieces of history and just uh, using it to their advantages. And quite frankly, I'm not surprised to see even Jews that stand against Israel, Israelis stand against Israel. Throughout our history, since, since the Exodus, you would see, you can read it in the Bible, also people... Uh, groups of people that were against the Israelites there. So it's since biblical times to our modern time today, you, we always saw self-hating Jews, people that are trying to appease others. Um, I don't understand why necessarily, but um, now we have this big group called Neturei Karta, that it's a, it's, they're burning flags of, they're Jews who burn flags of Israel and uh, who protest against Israel. They also met with the Iranian president on the silence of the UN. And look, it's, it's, it's actually very, very interesting um, that you probably know, know about them, but they, they basically believe that Israel is, is the barrier of... Um, Israel stops the Messiah from coming because because only when the Messiah comes, Israel can then reestablish itself. So that's that's their motive to be anti-Israel. They think that uh, Israel has no right to exist. Only when the Messiah comes, we will exist. So they're anti-Zionists, and they're being used by groups of people like the radical regime in Iran that just don't want Israel to exist. So to, the, to them, to these Neturei Karta, they think that the Messiah will come and then Israel will reestablish itself, Zionism all the way. 
uh, but they're being used by, by groups of people like the Islamic regime in Iran that just want to destroy Israel. So, but they, the, the point is that they don't represent not, not only not the truth, but fraction of the, of the Israeli society. The, the reason that most of you or many of you have seen these images of Netway Karta or other Jews protesting against Israel is because with the media, you're able to portray any, any angle you want. But actually in Netway Karta, there are about um, 800 families. So that is really a tiny fraction of, of Israel. So if you zoom out a little bit, of course, in every country, you see even people that hate America, Americans that hate America. And you think to yourselves, how can people hate America? Like you, you, uh, your neighbors served this country. They died for this flag. They, they died for you to have the freedom to express your opinions against America. So if you're an honest person like I am, you, you think that it's kind of uh, disrespectful to the country to to disrespect America as, as Americans. So we also see that Israelis that disrespect Israel as Israelis. The good news is that they are minorities. You hear a lot of anti-Israel rhetoric through social media and, and through the American Hollywood. Uh, and they'll make a lot of specific accusations against Israel. For example, one out there now is that they want to build a, a, a port through Gaza to take Egypt's money. Another one is you told the, the Palestinians to move to a different area, and then you intentionally bombed the Palestinians in the area you told them to move to. So you have these specific accusations coming out of the American left and off social media. Uh, but then you never hear like an educated Israeli response to those accusations. And, and like, I, like I would say... Uh, you know, is there a place you could tell us that we could go to to get responses to a lot of these things? Because it's it's just nonstop. The, the, these and now they've picked up a thing that uh, America and Germany and places like this that are supporting Israel are colonizers, and Israel is a co uh, colonial power. And so they cast them in that light. And so that's what's sweeping through our universities now. So all these young Americans who aren't educated are trying to be anti-Israel because they've been put in the light of the colonizer. You know, so I just wanted you to speak to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, unfortunately it has become fashionable to hate Israel. So most people that hate Israel today, they don't hate Israel because they hate Israel, but because they want to be popular. They, quite frankly, don't really know what they're talking about, um, but they sure do want the likes and the attention. Um, you know, actually speaking um, about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, if, if you want to support Palestinian people, you need to support Israel because Israel has done more than any other country in the world to help Palestinian people. And, and if Israel is so bad, why do Palestinians come to Israel when they need help, right? Hospitals are filled with Palestinian patients from the Gaza Strip, from East Jerusalem, from ma many, many uh, places. And they are working in Israel. They know that I myself, with my hands, I treated Palestinians as a combat medic more than I've treated Israelis. So when they need help, they know who to turn to. But as to the colonizers accusation, it's, it's interesting that they say that because history obviously proves that, you know, every artifact, every coin that you dig out, almost every, each, each one uh, shows and proves the Jewish connection to the land of Israel. So, you know, I had an interesting conversation with Native American. Last uh, two weeks ago, they opened an indigenous people's uh, in the, uh, embassy in Israel, a representative embassy. And somebody said there's something very interesting. A chief of the, I think it, it's a tribe in South Africa. He's leading a, a big, big uh, group there. And he said, 
if the Jews are not indigenous to Israel, then there are no indigenous people in the world. He said that. And another chief from the, uh, I think it's, forgive me if I'm mistaking with pronouncing it, the Chikawa, uh, Chikasa, uh, Chikasa. Um, I spoke with, another, with a chief of the Chickasaw tribe in, um, they're based in, in, in Tennessee, and he told me, you know what's amazing? I can trace back my ancestry 400 years, and I'll, I can show you I was here in this land. But you guys can trace it back thousands of years. I cannot do that. He said, I can do hundreds of years. You can do thousands of years. And you're still being questioned if you're colonizers. But I'll just finish with that. I'll say, you, you know what? I heard the amnesty said Israel, they, they're colonizers. I went to my buddy, a, a Muslim Bedouin guy who lives in the north. I said, hey, listen, bro. They just said that we're colonizing you guys. What is your response to that? He said, the fact that these groups, they think they, they, they like amnesty, like the UN, they say Israel, they're colonizers. This is in fact being, what they're doing is colonizing because they think, his words, this Arab Muslim Bedouin guy is telling me, they think that I'm weak, I'm too weak, I don't have a voice. They think that I can't speak for myself, so they need to speak for me that I, and say you're being colonized. People from Europe, people from the UN, they tell me, the Muslim Bedouin, that I'm being colonized. And he, 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 his answer amazed me because he said, sit down. I, I, can, I can speak for myself. I'm strong. I'm not weak like you're telling me. So the fact that they're saying that, hey, you, you're, you Arabs are so weak. You, you're being colonized. You're so, so weak. Saying while you're sitting in, like, mansions in, in Europe. This is This is being colonizers. Colonizing ideas and thoughts. In Isaiah 49:17, it says, those who will destroy you, those who will demolish you will come out of you. So this is just in regarding to Ilan Pepe. He is an Israeli, but he turned his back on Israel. He went off criticizing Israel, calling Israel those who commit genocide and ethnically cleansed Palestine in 1948. In 2007, he completely left Israel. He moved to the United Kingdom. And this is funny because if anybody is colonizing, it's the United Kingdom. We all speak English here because the United Kingdom colonized this area. Why are we not speaking Hebrew? Israel is not colonizing anyone. And in 1948, May 14, 1948, Israel proclaimed that it's offering peace to the Muslims who remain, to the Muslims who are outside of Israel and the neighboring countries, to the whole world. The fact that those who remained are prospering is proof that there is no genocide. That's not really a question, but I'm sorry. I needed to say that. <laughs> Great comment. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's been an increase in the number of people making Aliyah since October 7th. I've heard that there's a lot of people that feel they're not safe anywhere and Israel is the one place even with its war that because of their Jewishness they can possibly be the safest there so yeah actually Aliyah has has returned people and families are are coming from all over the world 
I, I do know that, that Aliyah has resumed and people are coming and making Aliyah to Israel. I don't know about the numbers, but I know that many, many people do realize, especially uh, seeing the war in Israel and how it reflects on, on their societies, they, they feel like they have community in Israel, that they're safe. So coming back to community, it's so important to, like when you have community, you feel safe. Because you need community not when things are great, but when you actually need help. So many families don't have what you have here, uh, we, you know, community. Many, many, many families and many people know that when, when things go south, um, it, they, they, nobody will come to, to help them. And also with the growing, growing anti-Semitism uh, that helps drive people uh, back to the land. Um, so, yeah. Aliyah is, is, is growing strong and strong, and we, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of land, <laughs> especially in the Negev. Um, we've, we've heard uh, of cultural Jewish people returning to Torah um, and, and some miracles of God's hand helping the idea of soldiers in situations. Have you heard of, um, I, just, I just wonder, we've, we've heard of 200 Palestinians that have had dreams about the Messiah. Have you heard uh, anything of the idea of soldiers? We pray for them, for them and their families, for their safety, but also for their salvation, that they will come to know that the Messiah, that the um, Messiah that they've been looking for has come and is coming. Have you heard any stories um, on salvations in the IDF forces? Um, so I do know that miracles are happening in, in, in the land. People are, are being um, uh, saved from bullets, from rockets, from, from uh, physical stuff. As, as to the spiritual uh, stuff, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's something that I don't know. But you do have a general feeling in Israel that this war when it broke out, a lot of people, they turned to, to God. They started to understand that they all need to trust God because we couldn't trust, um, like, the borders were, like, just torn down. So a lot of people started to, to turn to God and to ask, uh, ask questions that, that lead them closer to God, yeah. It's funny, a uh, couple of different ministries that I look at on YouTube and follow all the long, they say outside of China, the fastest growing church in the world is in Iran because Yeshua is coming to these people in their dreams and saying, what is Allah doing for you? Nothing. You know why? Because Allah is dead and Jesus Christ is alive. I'm going to build a, f a foundation here out of God's word. First is what uh, God said to Abram in uh, Genesis 12:3, And I will bless thee, I will bless those who bless thee, and I will curse those that curse thee, and in thy name shall all, and in my name all families will be blessed. And in Jude, that wonderful chapter that's right before Revelation in verse 11, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. 
Now, I would like to add five more to that. Let's say the Houthis in Yemen, the Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Hamas in Gaza, the guys in Iraq, the ones in Syria, and the motherload in Iran. Now, I sense what I said about Iran earlier. Iran, the people are, of Iran are falling in love with the Lord. But it's the hula, the mullahs. I almost got my hula and mullah mixed up there. <laughs> it's the mullahs of Iran that are causing trouble with all of their proxies. And it tickles me to see that the Americans are sending help in the Red Sea because it's hurting this, the pocketbook. When you start getting in people's pocketbook, things change. But I'm so thankful that what get, the Lord said to Abram, his name was Abram in Genesis 12, thank you, Lord, that our families here are all blessed because we love Israel. I don't want to be cursed. I love Israel, and I have a sticker in the back of my car I told you earlier. Yeah. And I, I've got a flag that I'm going to be flying with me on the street here that says only Yeshua reigns. Jesus Christ is alive, and whoever you're following is dead if it's apart from him. Thank you for coming. Double question. Uh, I used to fly my Israeli flag on May 14th every year. Uh, when this happened, I got, saw a post, and a guy, Messianic IDF guy, said, uh, you know, we're out here doing this. Um, I said, I'm going to fly my flag every day until you guys come home safe. First question, when can I quit flying my flag? <laughs> and second question, will we ever? I mean, is this just, I mean, next it says Bala, and then shall we just keep putting it up for it from now on? And the second, what's the most important thing we can do to support you? I'm thinking pray, but what do you say? So to the first question, I don't want you to, to stop waving the, 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 the flag, but under the current circumstances, um, we, we do work the, the Israeli uh, government, the Israeli special forces are, are trying. We, we just saw two weeks ago, um, or was it two and a half, that Israeli SWAT had entered a, a, a neighborhood in, in the Gaza Strip and was able to rescue two hostages safe and sound um, from the heart of the, the Gaza Strip. They were surrounded by Hamas terrorists, and yet they were able to rescue them. So um, right now, Israel is trying to work a deal with the Hamas terror group. Nobody here is a fan with, with making deals with, with, with terror groups, um, but they are cynically using civilians, Israeli civilians, Palestinians as well, they don't care if Israelis die, if Palestinians die, because they use it for propaganda on social media to make Israel look bad. Um, so I do hope and pray that um, we are going to see the, the release of more hostages, um, but unfortunately only military force is the only thing that is pressuring Hamas to release hostages. Um, you know, in the Middle East, we speak a different language than you do in, here in, in uh, North America. In the Middle East, strength is a language that sometimes that's the only language people understand. Think about it. You don't make peace with the weak. You make peace with the strong. Israel was able to forge four peace agreements in 2020, 
because it is strong. And also because it, seek, it is seeking peace. So Israel is extending its hand for peace to its neighbors. But only when you're strong, uh, your neighbors respect you. When you're weak, they want to spit at you. And um, so Israel needs to restore this, restore its, its position. And I hope, I pray that more hostages will be released. And yeah. Originally from Zimbabwe. And my sister is living in Johannesburg right now. She is attending a messianic. My question is that we know that in Zimbabwe and South Africa, there is one of the lost 10 tribes, the Lemba tribe. And I want to assure you, because you came to give us your, your word from uh, the horse's mouth, so I'm gonna give you from the horse's mouth what I hear from my sister that they are seeing something strange with South Africa's stance against Israel. It is the strangest thing on earth. Some Christians are not quite seeing what's happening, but like with my sister in the Messianic congregation, they are seeing, and that Messianic congregation is tied to, to uh, Israel. They, they really get uh, the rabbis coming and teaching them, which I believe is really the proper way to learn because we serve a Jewish God. What's your take on, uh, on the lost 10 tribes? If we are to look at this thing spiritually, that could there be something going on, you know, especially with South Africa's stance, which is strange. Yeah, it's, it's uh, actually, you're very right. There are tribes still scattered that needs to be gathered back in in the land i'm i'm i know that the, there is uh, there are tribes from india the country that are uh, returning to to israel and in the continent on, of africa there are also several tribes some some of them are having a hard time being recognized uh, seeking recognition unfortunately that's that has been the case for a lot of indigenous tribes to gain recognition um, from from the uh, Rabbanut or the the Orthodox authority, um, but in the case of South Africa, it's actually not surprising to see that they come against Israel because they are using Israel as a card to as a step to step onto um, so that South Africa will be recognized as will get a seat in the global uh, stadium as a human rights leader. We have seen this happening with countries that have a lot of human rights issues. Uh, South Africa has been supportive of the Islamic regime in Iran. They have been friends with uh, non-democratic uh, countries. I don't want to uh, make a mistake by listing them, but you, you can look this up that the ANC, the, the current ruling party, has been uh, citing Almost every chance they get, they stand on the wrong side of history uh, with human rights violators, not protecting human rights. So now in the case of Israel, they see this as an opportunity to restore their global stance so that they will be respected and to it's kind of like um, to protect them from fu future human rights resolutions. Um, so we see that they are doing this. Also uh, Brazil with the, the current president Lula that is also using Israel as a card to gain international recognition that I am carrying the lapid, uh, the light of, of defending human rights. 
while actually they side in every, every opportunity they have with problematic countries, but because with Israel it's so easy, so easy to get um, recognition for that. Well, I want to welcome you first to Oklahoma City, and it's nice to see you in person since I usually watch you on YouTube. <laughs> it's good to <laughs> but, be here. Uh, welcome. My question is this. As you know, Oklahoma had been bombed. And out of that bombing, we've learned probably to protect ourselves better. And we've actually lent education to New York after what they've gone through. So my question to you is, I'm a Jewish woman. And no, I have no intentions of going to Israel because I personally feel safer in Oklahoma for what I know that they've learned here. So what is your government now learned from these people creeping in? And how are they protecting the people of Israel? So the, uh, I, I know that Israel learned a lot from the Israel Defense Forces and our, um, all of our security agencies learned a lot in regards to, um, in regards to this war and the method that is used to defend Israel. Um, but we did have a, an expert called John Spencer, who is one of the uh, world's most respected experts on warfare, especially inside densely populated areas. And he said that he's amazed how Israel is, is uh, how civilian casualties is so low, given that Hamas is using civilians as human shields. Um, a lot of the terror tunnels are coming out of schools, out of mosques, and of course you know that when Israel knows that and it has to target this building, um, they make sure to film that so that they can say that Israel has just bombed the mosque or just bombed the school, um, not knowing what actually the, fa the facts are. And yeah, so a lot has changed but if you ask the average Israeli, we do feel safe where we are. Um, I think my personal opinion is that uh, we could take a thing or two, a lesson or two on the Second Amendment from you guys, because a lot of, a lot of civilians were, uh, were not able to defend themselves. We, see, uh, we saw really painful videos of, of, um, of a woman that uh, ran... Um, away from a Hamas terrorist, defenseless, and he reached her. She didn't have anything to do. She just fell on the floor, started crying, defended herself like this. There is a video of that. And the terrorist just carefully, uh, very slowly replaced the magazine and did what he did. Things could look different if um, civilians were able to protect themselves. Uh, so. It's, it's really horrific also just to know the murderous regime that we're dealing with, that they were filming it themselves. They were taking pride in this. So, yeah. Um, so I wanted to know if it's true that, the, that in Palestine they have live people like lay down so they can photograph them as like casualties of stuff. I've heard it called Pallywood. Um, I don't know if... Is, is that true? Is that something that you guys are seeing? It's, yeah, unfortunately, it's something that, that does exist. That they, um, just recently, there, there was a video of Hamas, um, the ruling government in Gaza, handing food to Palestinian children, filming it, 
And as soon as the, the guy finished filming it, uh, somebody filmed it from a rooftop that they were filming it. So once they finished filming it, they took the food back. So they are using propaganda as a tool to, uh, to basically attack Israel. Uh, a cynical use of humanitarian aid of children. Uh, some, some, sometimes we also have seen that they, uh, you, you know, that they say that this girl was, uh, is a survival of, of Israeli bombing of a building. And then days later, you see that th this same girl apparently survived another bombing and then another bombing. And, um, and, and, and yeah, so it, it does happen. I, I saw one of the most amazing things is that they posted a, a picture of a, a little girl, very beautiful little girl. They said this girl died from Israeli bombing. And with the age of AI and technology, you are able to do res uh, reverse search of this image. I did that, and I found that this girl is very much alive, and she she's alive in Russia. So she's this um, model for girl clothing. Um, so it's very hard to counter that because, because it's like a lot. Um, but yeah, so it's a problem that we also have propaganda on social media that is it's very easy to mislead people. I, um, my wife and I were in Spain in October, the month of October. We had flights, we had flights scheduled on El Al on the 15th to Tel Aviv. And when we realized what was going on, um, we decided that we would relinquish those flights because we knew that there were so many Israelis that were trying to get home. Israel is unique. Most countries, people want to get out when there's war. But in Israel, they want to go home and do what they can. We didn't go because we, we really didn't see how we could be a benefit. And we wanted to relinquish those seats so Israelis could take them. Now, in hindsight, I'm wondering, what could I do? If I went to Israel, how could I be of help? I'm a, I'm, I'm a practical guy. I, I like to use my hands. I'm not afraid of work. But what could I do to help? So, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think that, li like you said, uh, prayer is, 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 the, is one of the first things that you would be able to do. Um, but practically, I, I, I can give you ideas. One of the things that really touched the hearts of Israelis is when we saw cowboys coming from Montana to, uh, to take care of um, farmland that, was, that has, had been neglected by farmers that went to fight to the battlefield. But it does require some, some degree of coordination. But the easiest thing to do that is, is, is to just be there, to love on people, to, to, to speak with people in the streets. Um, there were a lot of coffee stands that it's coffee, tea is always a great place to start conversations. And a lot of Israelis are really touched by that. Um, there is also programs um, that you are able to help in and fix helmets or stuff like that. Volunteer for two weeks with uh, programs like Sarel. So uh, practical uh, use of, of, of your time is, is really amazing and helpful. 
And I, I think that one of the things that we need here in America is, is to, in the same way that the, the pro-Hamas people are using their time, I would say we, we could do the same thing and organize rallies for Israel, rallies for America. Um, because usually we see that people that protest against Israel and side with Hamas, they wear masks. You don't see flags of America there. And people that protest for Israel show their faces. We have nothing to be ashamed for. They're, they apparently have a lot to be ashamed for. We wave the flags of Israel, wave the flags of America. And we really showcase that America and Israel have a great future together. But it's our responsibility to make sure that people know that. Uh, because there is a growing trend of people questioning the, why do we support Israel here in America. Hi, thank you for coming again. And uh, I just have a question on when Russia invaded Ukraine, countries were bringing in refugees from Ukraine all over. I find it odd that the Palestinians were told that the Palestinians are at the very southern border at tent cities, not that I believe what I'm hearing. And they're saying, don't go there, don't go there. But why isn't the Arab nations, why aren't people bringing the um, innocent Palestinians in to their countries as refugees? You're, you're absolutely right. The Arab League has dozens of members, member states in the Arab League, none of which offer to accept Palestinian refugees. And even Egypt, that borders with the Gaza Strip, their response to the catastrophe in the Gaza Strip was to build fortified walls. Um, so if you see both Israel and Egypt building walls, you, you're asking yourselves, hey, maybe Israel is not the problem. Maybe there's a problem in, in the Gaza Strip, and it's called Hamas. Uh, Hamas is the problem. I, I saw with my own eyes how humanitarian aid is crossing from Israel into the Gaza Strip. Um, Hamas is stealing this humanitarian aid. How can you help people that, that their own elected, elected leader is, is using them and stealing stuff from them and beating them and shooting them, jailing them? Um, so it's a problem that, that we have. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's ridiculous that they, they very much so above, uh, you know, on, on, on every stage, they will show support for Palestinians verbally, but practically, no. Hi, in the back. Uh, my question, uh, piggyback on that. For the Shia um, Arabs seem to be the, the root behind what's happening now in Israel. America has a long history with the Sunni Arabs and complicated relationships. How have those countries, the Sunnis and the ones that were, you know, previously more, uh, you know, signing up for the Abraham Accords, how have they responded to Israel and, and that's on the Israel side supporting? Or is, is that relationship getting better or worse? With the Sunni? Correct. Like uh, Saudi Arabia yeah. and the, that alliance, like the Arab Council you're talking about. So it's, it's interesting how, how it also falls into, into place in, in American foreign policy that the, uh, the Biden administration, they uh, take the Shia route, trying to appease them or make peace with them, whereas the, uh, the Trump era, he was uh, going the Sunni route, Saudi Arabia and other uh, um, countries that are less radical. So we do see that Prior to October 7, Saudi Arabia was very close to, to making peace with Israel, according to reports. And they, behind closed doors, they say they don't have a problem with, with Israel. That's how we made peace with the United Arab Emirates, with Bahrain, with Morocco. So if Israel is so terrible, how come all the Arab countries want a peace 
of Israel. Um, not land, but piece of the technology, the innovation, the, the, the brilliant minds. The Sunni countries that we are seeing right now, they, um, I was surprised to see that they didn't go far to condemn Israel. Maybe they had to, um, to, to show others that they, that they care. Um, but be, behind closed doors, people do know that Israel is fighting a, a, right, a rightful battle. Um, and I hope that in the day after, we are going to see peace, more peace in the Middle East. Um, but the reason they're making peace with Israel, one of the main reasons is because they know that the um, countries like Iran, that is a Shia center, is threatening them. And they know that Israel is a partner, not their enemy. So, and if you actually look at the facts, Arabs killed more Arabs than Israel has ever did in 75 years. And, and the thing is that we don't want to kill anybody. But it's, it, you know, what, what it says in the Bible, he who comes to kill you, you have to um, de defend yourself and, and destroy them. Um, but if, yeah, so if you look at, at the facts, um, Israel is, is a beacon of light, democracy, and peace. I have one final question, I think, Herman. Bienvenido a casa, Mr. Naftali. That means welcome home. Um, Thank nombre, you. My name is a German, and Adrien already talked to you, and uh, my question is about, uh, I've been trying to go since December uh, to be a volunteer. I've been over there before the war, but there is a lot of logistic problem. And um, I think uh, you said that you might try to see uh, what's the problem. Because uh, my daughter, she went over there. And uh <coughs> when we go over there, we su they supposed to meet us at uh, Ben-Gurion. And this time, it was um, a lot of mishaps. A lot of, uh, and uh, I, I wonder if uh, the problem is already solved. Because I'm just waiting. Right. I, I think it's amazing that a lot of you guys that come to Israel, you, you tell me that you're coming to help. You come to uh, bless. You come to do something. And I just, I, like, yeah, God, God, God bless you guys for, for, for doing that. Because a lot, of, a lot of times you come to a country and you want to, you're thinking, what, what, what can I take from, from this country? And the fact that your heart is saying, I want to, I want to, Bless this country somehow. Um, I, I'm sure that God, God is going to, to open the, the doors for that. I think that at first, right, the country was kind of in, in chaos trying to, to take control of the situation. But now I see before coming here, I, I saw tourists in Israel, uh, volunteers. So I believe that the problem has been resolved. And yeah, all, all, all we have to do, sometimes in Israel you have to push harder to make things happen. Um, so... Yeah, maybe try to push harder, and if there's anything I can assist with, I would love to. Thank you, Hanania. Let's thank the Lord for our brother. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat. And we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place. 
north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.